All right, guys, welcome back. This is Podcast Ben, episode number... 44, or 64. 64, 44, holy... 64. Uh, we're going to do... this. I don't know that this one's going to be that long, but that's okay. Um, it's a question that we got through YouTube. Um, and just to give you an idea, if you hear Mother Nature in the background, and you'll probably see it on our promo, we are in my backyard right now, outside on a picnic table. And I, if you hear a little bit of noise in the background, outside of nature... It's uh, syrup being made. We are, Ben and I are finishing the last of cooking the sap that we collected. Um, I'm, I was going to do a podcast on that as well. I kind of thought it would be fitting to do it with syrup in the background being made. Um, maybe put me in that mindset. But um, I'm going to do, I, we're not going to do it in this podcast. I think it deserves its own. And I'm going to talk about making of maple syrup, my experience with it, um, some of my takeaways from it. And as always, uh, as as is with most things that I do, uh, somehow I feel like I can almost always relate it and get value out of it when it comes back to training the dogs. So we're going to talk about that on another podcast. I don't know if we're going to record that one yet today because I've got a 3 o'clock conference call and it's 20, 20 after 2. So this one I don't think is going to be as long, um, but it's come, it comes from us, comes to us from a different platform. Um, we have done a lot of them with YouTube, or not YouTube, we've done a lot of them with Facebook, Instagram, um, emails, text messages even. Um, I get text messages, the number of our, my, my cell phone number's on the back of our package. Uh, so people don't, don't realize it. A lot of times they call it and they go, I never expected you to answer. Yep, that's my number. Who else should you, t- you know, there's no one else that you need to talk to probably um, if you've got questions other than myself. So um, with our group anyway. So I do get text messages and I'll get questions that way. Um, we've answered a lot of them on the podcasts that have been generated through different channels. I don't think we've ever done one off of YouTube. We are making a major push on YouTube. Um, on our end, it's a very late push in, in the big picture. Um, we didn't use YouTube real effectively until not that long ago when Wonder Boy, and, Wonder Boy and I sat down and said, what are we missing here? What can we do better? Um, to be able to provide content, good content, what we think is good content to listeners, viewers, followers. Um, I do think that that is a really, really primary goal of ours is to help those that are looking to train their own dogs. Um, and that comes from sharing information, sharing stories, um, sharing a lot of the struggles that I've had, showing you a lot of the struggles that I have um, and how, how I choose to try to sort through them and, and, help, and, and fix some of the stuff that I'm facing. Um, YouTube is a major, um, becoming a major tool for us. We're hosting several series on YouTube. Um, it's just become a much, I mean, I'm not saying it's new by any means because there's, we're just wait late to the game, but, um, we recognized it. Ben recognized it right away about, I'd say maybe not quite a year ago, I guess. Yeah. And you've been with us. A little less, a little less than a year that we started pushing. How long have you been here? Two years now. Two years. So about a year ago, we collaborated internally um we we sat down and said what what can we do here better and so youtube was one that that came to the top and we put that on ben's um list of things to do which is long and he does a nice job with them but one of the things was ben this is going to become your baby i'll give you the stuff to put on there but i need i need you to be able to help piece this thing together he's done a very nice job with it um we've created playlists to try to make it easier to sort through keep things kind of organized a little bit um 
this is a question that came from YouTube. So I think YouTube has has earned the the place. I, I, hell, I didn't even know you could ask questions on YouTube. People people comment on stuff. People ask questions on stuff. We get some real weird ones too. We get some um, real strange comments on YouTube. Um, probably the strange out of all the platforms, it's the strange. It receives some of the strangest ones. But this is a really good one. Uh, got it about a week ago. Ben has done a good job. I don't check YouTube regularly, so if you're reaching out via YouTube, um, I don't check it nearly as often. So, but Ben does, and then he'll say, hey, let's answer some of these, and he will uh, oftentimes type them. I'll tell him, I'll sit there and, and tell him what I want to say. He'll type it back. We'll send it out. This is one that came that's a little bit longer, and he said, what do you think about doing this as a, as a podcast? I said, yeah, I think it's a good idea. So, let's get into it. Here's the question. He, it came off of watching a Bella Be Good puppy training. So, it was part of our series of Bella Be Good which um, Bella just turned a, a year old yesterday. Um, we're up to posting number 50-something. Yep. We've got 70 probably recorded, so we're slowly trickling those out there. I think you're on an every other day yeah. basis where you post a new one every other day. So it's, a, it's, it's really a nice developing project of ours. This is from number seven. He watched episode number seven, and it was a video that we did a seminar at a show with Bella, we shortly after we got Bella, we did a, a trait uh, consumer show, a deer show, and we did um, seminars at it, and we recorded them because we felt like that is part of Bella's training process, and so we we included it as a Bella Be Good episode. It is episode number seven if you're interested, but he he responded back and he said really impressed with the way you handle your dogs and the way that Bella has progressed. I recently have gotten a new retriever uh, with another coming in May. And I have a few questions. Do you have an email I can contact you at? And then he responded with another reply to that. And he said, I've been watching your Bella Be Good series and, and love your approach with her. It has led me to completely change the way I want to train my Golden Retriever. He's currently 12 weeks old. He's been with us for four weeks. He's super smart, stubborn puppy, and I feel like I have broken his desire to retrieve. I realize now that it all started with the way I reacted when he picked up items I did not want him to have, shoes, socks, etc. I talk about that in the seminar, about not correcting a dog for picking stuff up, instead encouraging it to become a retrieve. So that's, I think, where he, the light bulb went on for this guy. So then he says, my reaction was to tell her no and bob him on the nose. Dumb. Now we have a constant game of keep away when he finds something in the yard and he could really care less about picking up anything I like anything like a ball or bumper for the last two days or so i've really begun to praise him for anything he picks up but he wants to play keep away i must also add that this particular puppy will be a family dog that hunts on occasion i will be receiving an eight week old chocolate lab in may that will be more of a designated hunter and i don't want the bad habits to be instilled in the golden to be an example for the new pup do you have any tips help to help me recover from my mistake i have let i have talked to my wife and children about not chasing the golden when he has something in but understand we still need to get the bad item from him any help will be much appreciated so here's a couple things first off yes you, you we got to put this into perspective you've got a three-month-old dog it's 100% a puppy so yeah you created some bad habits I think that's maybe the best thing that could have happened I always tell people that mistakes and problems aren't always a bad thing sometimes they're the best thing 
because there's opportunities for the dogs to learn from it. There's opportunities for us to learn from it. Don't continue to do them. I think you have to respond accordingly and react and change. But I do think that you have to change the idea of problems or issues, even the ones you create aren't always bad. This guy is talking almost like throwing in the towel and going, ah, you know, the next one we won't do this with. But you say, is there any way to get this fixed? You've only, the dog's only 12 weeks old. You've only had it for a month. Like, that's not very long. Been with you for four weeks. You can't, you can't be that bad. You can't break a puppy that easily. You can create bad habits, but you got to understand, you can reverse them. It just takes a little bit of time. And right now, if four weeks is a lot of time, you're in trouble. So you got to understand that it takes time and you got to be patient with it. So how do you reverse it? Yeah, you can reverse it. Eliminate the opportunities for failure. So pick your stuff up. Anytime you're in the house, pick your stuff up. Second off, stop retrieving. Don't take a break. Sometimes the best thing, we, we, we get on this tangents where we want to just bull through stuff. We run it, especially if we run into an issue and then we want to fix it, want to fix it, want to fix it, want to fix it. Stop. Take a step back. Walk away from it and come back to it later. So I would recommend stopping all retrieves. Come back to it in a week or two. Now think about it. I just told you to take two weeks from it, a week or two. That's 50% of the time you've had the dog already. And I and two weeks isn't a very long time. So that just kind of puts things into perspective of slow down and take a deep breath. You're going to get through it. You'll fix this issue and then you'll learn from it and not create it in the first place. Now, is it going to make, is it going to put you behind a little bit or create a little bit more work for yourself? Yes. But next time you avoid it and you save yourself a couple weeks but in the big picture what's a couple weeks it's really not that big of a deal now what i think you got to do is create success when you go back to retrieving it's going to be in a hallway with all the doors closed and then there is no opportunity to run off there's no opportunity for the dog to get something that you don't want because there's nothing there you're going to roll and i don't don't use a dummy don't use a ball use a balled up sock i don't care Use something. Find a little toy that the dog likes to carry, a little stuff. My kid uh, my kid has a um, bunch of these little stuff things. Um, they're little wolves and there's little... My, Bella loves carrying those around it, 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 to the extent of it's too much. But if there's one thing that she'll hold well, use that, your puppy. And just get the idea of retrieving. I don't care what the object is right now. What I care about is the idea of getting a retrieve, a good retrieve, out and back, out and back, out and back. So what we're going to do is close the doors in the hallway. We're going to get the dog to chase it down, and that's just natural. You didn't take that away from the dog, not by bopping him on the nose one time. Now what you did was you, you, do, think, you do sound like you have a dog that wants to play a game. Now you stop playing the game. And that, no, that'll get real boring. You know how long your puppy's attention span is and focus. It's really short. So if you don't play the game, that game becomes boring. Let's do something else, Dad. And then you're going to have an opportunity, hopefully, you take advantage of it, to start shaping and forming the correct behavior. So you're in the hallway. You sit down on your butt in the, on the end of the hallway, and there's a dead-end hallway. So my hallway is... A wall at the end, two bedroom doors, a bathroom door, and a basement a door that goes down to the basement, and then the cl- two closets. They're all closed. And the total length of it is 
15 feet, 16 mm-hmm. feet. If I, 16 feet's too long, probably might be too long. So go halfway down the hallway and plop yourself down. Now you got eight feet to work with. Take whatever your object is, tease the puppy a little bit with it, throw it to the end of the hallway, bounce it off the wall, let the dog chase it, pick it up. Dog runs down, picks it up, turns around, wants to play, run away. Wants to play, chase me, dad. And you sit down and, and you just look at the puppy and you go, come here. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And they go, no, I'm not coming. Nope, I'm not coming. Nope, I'm not coming. Okay. Sit there. How long will that puppy sit still? About 15 seconds and they just go, this is, uh, what, what else? Now, if you can get, maybe they don't bring it back to you. Maybe they leave it and just get them back to you. Just call them back to you. Maybe you turn it into a game of recall first. Practice recall. Go down to the other end of it and then call them to you. And then eventually you're going to put that thing in its mouth. It's going to carry it and it's going to accidentally work its way back to you because you're going to encourage it. And when it gets to you, you're going to praise it. And if it doesn't, you're not going to lose your cool and get pissed off. Because I've seen people, I've told people to do that and then they they do it one time and they're so mad by the end of it because the dog didn't do it and this doesn't work. And the dog goes, screw this. This sucks. Because your patience level is so short, you're not able to work through a little bit of issues that come up. It's not the end of the world. But you figure out how to get the pup. Maybe it's a little tennis ball. Maybe it's a racquetball. Maybe it's a, I don't know what it is. But you figure out what you can get the dog to go down and hold on to and get back to you once, twice, done. And then don't do it for three days. And go back to it and redo it once, twice. Get two good ones, end it on a good one, be done. I, you might not be able to get one out of it so what I would do is I'd shorten it up and I'd stretch my legs out as far as they can go and that's about two and a half feet probably three feet maybe my feet are up against the wall the puppy's in my lap and I basically put I throw the dummy a foot or two and the dog runs out and picks it up and I can reach my arms out and touch the dog so the dog picks it up and I reach out and I don't reach for the dummy or the ball or the toy or whatever it is. Instead, I reach for the back end of their dog and I start petting them on their butt because they love that scratching on the butt. So they're holding something in their mouth and I'm scratching them on the butt. And then I reach my other hand up and I get them under their chest and I start petting them on the chest and tell them how good he is, how good she is. And she's standing there with something in her mouth and she has no other option because I literally am three feet away from her and I've got her pinned between me and the wall. And I just praise her while she's got it in her mouth. And I tell her how good she is. And I never take it away from her. And about the time she gets bored with that and decides, you know what, I'm going to spit this out and do something else. I'm reading her body language the whole time. She's about to spit it out, so I get my hand up underneath her chin and I tell her, good. And I take it from her and I tell her how good she is. And then she goes, oh, wait a minute. He's got it. And I give it back to her. I put it back in her mouth. Let her hold on to it. The same thing. She's going to spit it out. I put my hand underneath it. I catch it. I tell her how good she is. I give it back to her. And now all of a sudden this little dog is changing the mind of it's keep away and he's going to chase me, grab me, smack me, whatever. Negative, 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 turning off, turning off, turning off the idea. Instead we're turning it into, hell, he'll just pet me when I'm holding on to this thing. He's not in a hurry to steal it away from me. He gives it back after he takes it from me. Wow. After I gave it to him, he gave it back to me. We're starting to change the mindset. And then I'll move back a day, a couple days, and then I'll move back a couple feet. And I might make the dog make a five-foot retrieve. And this time, the dog has to decide to make those two steps back towards me. And when they do, they get the same treatment. Get rubbed, petted, loved on. Don't, not, not looking to steal it from them. So they come back and they go, well, he's not going to take it from me. He's going to praise me for it. 
So we start getting this dog to understand the concept and the idea, and that is not whack him in the nose when he's got something. Chase him if he's got something. Play keep away. It gets him really excited. That excitement is borderline anger. It is anger. The dog doesn't know that. The dog thinks you're excited. The dog gets excited. The dog goes, wow, this is exciting. A lot of fun. You got to just change the environment first. Then it'll change the behavior. Now, when it starts, so that's how I would attack this, this pup. Now, when you get your next one, don't screw up in the first place. Start in the hallway. Dog goes out, picks it up. You encourage them to come back. Do that two, three times a week. That's it. Now, when it's outside picking shit up, picking stuff up, pick the stuff up. If it's outside at 12 weeks, I hope you're working on some foundational stuff. A 12-week-old puppy, I'd have working on bouncing around on a little flat collar. I'd have him on a flat nylon collar, and I'd be bouncing him around, a little bit of forming a little bit of heel work. I'd be working on the concrete with him. Less distractions, no stuff around. Dog's going to go out, and in about 12 weeks, you're probably, if you haven't seen it yet, you're going to see it. Dog's not going to want to come back to you when you let it go to the bathroom. Oops. Doesn't want to come back. Decides, ah, I'm better off just kind of investigating my own things. And when he, when I call and call and call, and then he doesn't come, and then he's, oh, he'll chase me. No, we're going to go back in the house. We're going to leave you alone. And then they get bored of that, and they go, ah, I want to come back in. And then you go out and you go, don't do that again. You're telling this to yourself, not to the dog. Next time you got to go to the bathroom, put the dog on the flat collar, take them outside, let them do their business, bring them back in the house. You just eliminated the chance for the dog to run around. Now you're going to say, that takes a lot more work. You're damn right it does. So does raising a dog. It's not just this thing that you automatically just let it do its own thing and raise itself because you'll have the issues that you're seeing. So now we're going to put the dog on a lead because the dog wants to pick stuff up in the yard and run around with it. So whenever you're outside, you're going to put the dog on the lead and have control. And the dog goes to pick something up. You say, no, 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 you're with me. And now all of a sudden he can't pick stuff up. And then you're going to go, well, what do I do if I can't hold on to that lead? Then put the dog in the kennel. Put the dog, I, by 12 weeks, I hope you're place training. Take the dog outside and move its bed. Place, put it on place outside. It's a great, I, I, I did stuff all weekend outside. And I would say 95% of the time, the dogs were on remote sit. Because if I didn't, they'd get into stuff. Not so much the older ones, but, but uh, Bella would. Bella would be getting into stuff. So put her on sit. Hell, sometimes I put her on sit and made her sit, and the other dogs got to do whatever they wanted to do, and they didn't do anything. They just wandered around a little bit. Most time they found a sunny spot, laid down. But that's a cultural thing that we've built in. Ben and I just filmed a Bella Be Good, and I did it with Ellie. And the reason we did it with Ellie is because Bella struggles with other dogs. This kind of leads us into now you're going to have two dogs. So Bella struggles, and Bella's gotten very good by herself. When I bring another dog into it, and I saw it this weekend, I had all four dogs, and Bella struggled to be steady when other dogs are making retrieves. Well, how often do I work Bella with other dogs retrieving? Not as often as I should, and it showed. So what do we need to work on? That. Instead of four dogs, I took one dog with Bella. So it was Bella and one other dog today, and we worked on that. And we're going to do that pretty regular now because she needs to get better when there's only when there's other dogs around. So now you're, you're talking about you're going to be bringing in another puppy here in another month or two. Same thing, except your golden that's three months old right now won't be ready to work with another dog by then. You might be thinking about using your dog to work around another dog. But at five or six months, that's still too young. 
it's too young for my dogs. I can't work those dogs confidently around. I can get one or two repetitions maybe in, but not consistently. And what's going to happen is, is if I'm not paying attention consistently and they start making the wrong decisions, that becomes repetitious. And then that becomes habit forming. And the problem is, is it's, you're right back to the idea of the dog picking stuff up and not wanting to pick stuff up because you bopped him in the nose. You formed the wrong habit. You, f- you start forming the wrong habits. So you gotta, you got to be real conscious of they're always learning, you're always training. You can't, you can't expect a dog to say what happens in a 10-minute session is the only stuff I should allow to be a habit. The rest of the day, don't disregard that stuff. Don't let that be habit forming. It's always habit forming. Everything they do is habit forming, good, bad, or indifferent. So we got to be real conscious of it. So now when it starts talking about working with other dogs, you are going to have to work two dogs separately for probably a year. Bella just turned a year and now I'm getting serious about working her with other dogs because it took me that long to get her to a point where she was really, really good at it by herself. And so now when we start adding, and we've added in other distractions, just not dogs. I mean, simply going from concrete to grass is a big step because you've added some distractions. You've added some temptations. You've added a lot of elements that create issues for the dog's focus. Putting another dog in this scenario is major. So what I, what I, the reason I did Bella today the way I did it is I took Ellie because I just don't have to worry about Ellie in a lot of situations. Ellie just does really, really fine on her own. And so I didn't have to divide my attention very much. I kept my attention focused primarily on Bella when Ellie was doing things. And the majority, I would say, at least, probably 70% of today's session was Ellie doing stuff. Yep. But Bella was 100% gaining for 100% of the session because when she wasn't being asked to do something, when Bella was the one being asked to do it, my focus was almost more on, it was more on Bella when Ellie was being asked to do stuff because I had to get her to do the right behavior, which was ignore what's going on and just sit still. Ignore what's going on and stay in heel position. Ignore what's going on when retrieve when another dog brings a retrieve in and just stay right here isolated by myself on this little island. Remote sit. But what did we work on most of the weekend? Remote sit. Now we added another layer of distraction and temptation. And so we've been adding, we, we continue to add and add and add. And every time they get real good and master a scenario, we, we change it. We, add and we, we change it somehow, some way, and then we replicate it. And then we get it real good again, and then we replicate it somewhere else and replicate it somewhere else until the behavior is so ingrained that we can transfer it anywhere we want under any conditions without fail. And I'm not even there with some of our older dogs yet. I mean, there are, some of them are much further along, but I don't know that we're ever, ever truly, truly done. So uh, that's what's going to happen when you start bringing in another dog. Uh, you're learning from this first golden. You're going to be better off with your next lab. I think you said you get in a lab. Uh, that's the experience factor. You know, you, and, and I'm going to talk a lot about it in Maple Syrup Making 101 in our next work, next podcast because that was a total learn. I made so many mistakes making that syrup over the last month that I look back and I go, how did I not, why did I do that? How did I not see that coming? It's because I had never done it before. And I, my, my studying went to the degree of YouTube videos. Now, 
I'm not saying you can't get a lot out of a YouTube video. That's why we're pouring so much into our YouTube because I know there's a lot of people like me that learn how to make maple syrup on YouTube. There's a lot of people that are learning how to train a dog on YouTube. It's a good way, but it, you, you can watch it. You, watching it will only get you so far. You have to do it. And I watched a lot of videos on making maple syrup to the point where I went, I can do this. And then I made some really, really boneheaded mistakes that after three, two, the first time I checked, the second time I checked, the third time I checked, I went, I could do that a little bit better. I saw the issue that came up with that, so why don't I do this? And all of a sudden I started fine tuning it. I, I got my first season in of maple syrup making. Number two, will, year number two is gonna be a lot better. I'm gonna make a lot of mistakes in year number two, but I'll learn from that. And you know, I'll probably talk with some master maple syrup people. You know how they became master maple syrup people? Not by watching it on YouTube. By doing it, making mistakes, and then and or doing it with somebody. That's the other thing. I never did it with anybody. I probably should spend some time with somebody. I'd have learned a lot of real basic things that I just didn't know any better. But you know what? There's nothing wrong with learning that way. I think it's really valuable. The, every mistake I made, I'm glad I did. I'll be much better for it. Dog training is the same way, and that's why that's why I say the maple syrup one deserves its own complete podcast because it's literally like oh man i'm fascinated by the the world of maple syrup right now but i'm i'm weird like that i get into certain things and i just love them and i was talking with a guy about it the other day and he said it's because you're a process guy you like processes you like the idea of a process and he is right i do i think it's really cool but i do think it takes an understanding of the big picture to realize and I don't always realize it it takes me a while to realize it it's not an overnight thing and neither is raising dogs and I I used to probably think it should be could be would be it's not so as you know I mean this this is fundamental in everything we do building a little business building this little business of mine when we when we started it I thought boy it's gonna be a a lot faster process, a lot easier process. Things will just really come together. And, oh, man, this is, this is going to be. And then, you know, you go through this emotion of, boy, it's not that way. Then it becomes maybe a little disappointing at times. Then it becomes a little bit frustrating at times. Then it becomes a little. You go through all these emo different emotions. And then, then I was able to bring on a partner. When I brought on a partner, I was like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Because all the shit that I wasn't good at and didn't want to do, he is. Oh my God! What a what a light what a little life changer. So we make adjustments, and then all of a sudden we have two minds that are working, and then we bring then we start building our team, and we, now we've added Ben, now we've added Dan, now we've added Colton, now we've added Nick, now we've added Libby. We've added all these parts and pieces to this thing, and things go smoother. But it took a lot of bumps and hurdles, and man, it's everything we do. It's your life. It's your family. It's your friends. It's your sports. It's your maple syrup. It's your dog training. It's all of it. So it can do, it's just, it's a process, and I love processes. And if you're not a process person, that's okay. But I think if you want to, you can't change things that are process set up and developed through processes. Because you're not a process person doesn't mean that you can change those things. 
what what has to happen is you need to change you and it's that's good it's good to be okay with that so we're trying to help keep making understanding i think the knowledge part is what we're trying to help with but the execution part is up to you yeah i've said it long i've said it many times for a long time you have to do the work i get people that send me messages that say you know you're the reason that my dog is this and i'm so happy and so proud and this and that and i and i trust me that's motivating it's inspiring for me to get messages like that but my response is typically the same no i didn't you did it i helped you that's what i'm here for is to try to help as many people as we can help as often as we can help that's why these podcasts are getting done that's why we're doing the different projects that we're doing youtube instagram facebook those are the places i think you can get a lot of really good information our training videos because some people don't even think some people don't even know we have training videos we have a puppy video a foundation video a shed training video a game recovery tracking video they're formal they've been produced they're a little bit cleaner neater sequenced better probably a better canned finished product the rest of the stuff a lot of the projects that we're doing are very much looser but i do think it gives you a good idea if you have both of those tools and realize you're going to be a lot of in a lot of ways you're going to be like the candid stuff kind of fly by the seat of the pants make adjustments as necessary when needed but the idea of the videos themselves the value in that is it gives you a broad overall picture in a relatively small package that's polished up we don't there's everything in there is really valuable everything in those videos is valuable and everything in there is sequenced to make sense so you can watch it and they're not short but in comparison to the youtube stuff like if you watch live with spry live with spry is a how many videos was live with spry 110 or something a lot 110 120 i don't know how many they were but some of them were an hour some of them were longer than an hour some of them were a little shorter but a lot of it was live on facebook so it was a question and answer stuff but what happened with those is there's 150 hours of footage to watch spry get turned one year old that's a lot of stuff our training video puppy and foundation they're three hours a piece that's still a lot of information but i've condensed basically a year's worth of videos 150 hours of video into three hours i just cut a lot of stuff out and, and organized it so i do think there's value in all of it i think you there's value in you guys watching listening to as many trainers as possible i don't think you should be i don't think you should be looking at replicating anyone exactly this the way i think you need to look at them all and figure out what works for you i watch i follow other i follow other dog people i'm actually looking at teaming up with a few right now to do some stuff and my reasoning behind it or my thought behind it was if i can reach out and get some people involved we together can bring value to more people and so that's why and, and right now i think that's what people need they need value they need positive things. They need things that they can apply. And so I'm looking at not every person that I'm looking at working with, do I necessarily train how they do and they don't train how I do. But I think it's, I think it's important for, to, to see everything, pick out what works best for you. So it's just some more upcoming projects that we're working on. But that's it for this podcast. What number was it? 64? 64. 64 is in the books. 
Uh, I got just got a notification. I got 12 minutes till I got a conference call. So we're going to be done with this one. Um, thank you guys for the support. If you would, please don't hesitate to leave us a review or a rating wherever you wherever you subscribe to this. If you're on uh, Apple or whatever apps you're on from a podcast standpoint, someone told me Spotify you can't review or something. I don't know. I don't even know what Spotify is. But um, if you if you wherever you're listening if there is a chance to review it i'd appreciate it if there's a ch- if there's a way for you to subscribe to it i think you i think that would be smart um and if there if you guys ha- i do think it's valuable and and i get in the last couple of weeks kind of tying in with the quarantines and all that stuff man the numbers of questions have skyrocketed messages i've gotten like i can't even I can't keep up. I'm doing my best, um, but there's a lot of them. I appreciate everybody's patience with it. Um, what I think is real important. What I think is it's a key. It's a it's a real. It's indicative of the the times. So I want you to continue to feel open to asking questions. If you've got questions, send them to me. We're gonna try to do our best to answer them one way or another. Some of them are a little bit deeper questions, and those make for good podcasts typically. Um, but we are going to continue to try to get you as much help as possible. Like I said, that's our goal. So appreciate the support. Stick with us. We'll be recording more of these things. Mm-hmm.